guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. We got Mike, we got Massey with the most beautiful face ever. Every time, Massey, you just continue to amaze me, inspire me. I always try to reach up to your standard. I just went to the dentist. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's too early in the morning, it man. Is, but we're here. Welcome. Do not forget to check out our website, theselfevidenttruth.com. We have a new blog. It's been kind of kind of popping out there, the and, blog. Yeah, it's, it's Mike's there. time. It's Mike's time to shine. Yeah. It's my time to make people mad. <laughs> Nerds unite. <laughs> we do also have guest blogs on there as well. Yep. Sometimes we got Paul Garner. We got a couple yep. other people that uh, contribute. And hey, I'm always willing to have discussions with people if they think they might want to contribute. So go ahead. Check that out. Check out the store. Buy yourself some merch. Get yourself some merch. Please. Please. It helps us. Helps it us. Pay, pays bills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want everybody to uh, recognize Massey's shirt. Gosh, guys. I love it. Isn't this hot? I, I didn't pick it. My wife did. It's got flowers. <laughs> I feel emasculated. So sorry. I'm kidding. I love the shirt. I think it's great. All right. But the reason we're here, <laughs> let's get right into this. Look, so there's there's a lot to be said. We, 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 we have... Uh, uh, people running for, for, for different positions, uh, especially from Revive, you know, mm -hmm. where, where, where we go to church and where I pastor and stuff. We decided to start um, giving a voice, I think, more to the candidates, right? And let you decide. You know, this is where you need to decide. And we do love having open forums and all this other stuff. As a matter of fact, we had uh, Jen Russell on the show. Mm -hmm. I got a, uh, reached out to during church service by the disrespectful a little bit. I'm kidding. Uh, her opponent reached out and basically said she wants to be a part of the show, too. I was like, I didn't know you were like her opponent, but I guess, you know, it's cool. So we're going to have a really cool show here coming up very yep. soon. But we've had this candidate on our show before. Now, she's not just a candidate. She's a real big part of our church and all these other things. She's involved in uh, several things like Moms for Liberty uh, all those other things. And she's just solid sound. What she talks about is constitutional. She doesn't want to go outside the fray uh, as far as the constitution goes. Now, when it comes to kids though, don't mess with the kids. That's really her thing. Don't mess with the children. The children are important. So we're giving a voice as best we can on our podcast to people who are running for positions. School board's one of them. Right. And so I want to go ahead and introduce, we've got Amy Pritchett with us today. Good morning, Massey and Mike. Let's all clap. <laughs> now, if you notice by her accent, we are not in Jersey, folks. We are here in Florida, but she was born in New Jersey. Yes, ma'am. Yes, nice. sir. Yes, sir. I don't identify like so that, much. but no. that's cool. Jersey's a little bit more progressive. We get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Be who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so always remember, guys, these, these shows we do. You can decide what you want to decide. I'm going to decide. I've already decided, you know, and, and it's, I, again, we don't mind opposing voices. That's not the issue. The issue is there. If you're, if I oppose you, I don't seriously sometimes want to give you airtime. You know, like, what's the point of that? I don't mind doing debates. I don't mind doing these things. But what we want to talk with Amy today about is, you know, we've, we, she's, she's, she's gone to our church. We know what she's about, but it's not even about that. Why are you even running for school board? I know it's kind of a redundant question for me, but why are you even doing it? To lend a voice to the parents and the kids because the last two and a half years, their voices were taken away. 
That's, we're, we're talking COVID, right? We're, we're talking, talking coronavirus. Yeah. We're talking masking our children. We're talking making decisions that parents should be making. Well, yeah. What was happening? You, do you remember? I think it was, was it 2021 or 2020? It was 2021, I think it was. In March of 2020. Right. But no, I'm not talking about COVID. Do you remember during COVID, though, they were having these uh, school uh, meetings that, at, uh, you know, uh, they weren't school board meetings, but there were meetings about having like LGBTQ things and stuff like that being taught in schools. Do you remember that? And well, all these there, pastors were, showed up? there were there were meetings where parents were finding out that their kids who were at home on Zoom screens getting taught were being taught things that they had never heard of before. Now, Florida schools were open. So a majority of children did actually go to school, but they had to wear masks. And in my mind, that was unconstitutional. Truth. It took away the individual right. So the people who wanted to wear them, they were allowed to, but the people who didn't want to didn't have a voice. So, so when it comes to that though, how much voice does a parent actually have in the public school system? The reason why I ask that is because all of us are paying our taxes, right? I don't have kids in public schools, but I'm still paying for it, right? right? Pay my property, Pay my tax property taxes. Year. But you see more and more the progression of what's being taught in schools, right? right? Like just what's taught, things like this, you know, where it's like all of a sudden there's just this assumed authority uh, that they have over our kids. You know, how much of a voice do parents actually have in schools today? Well, it's getting better in Florida because we have a governor who believes that cool. parents are the primary voice for their children. So uh, HB 1557 gives parents the authority on health decisions and educational decisions of their children. Speaking constitutionally, though, did they even need an HB 1557? No, and that is what is so incredibly ironic. Right. The, the governor had to pass a law giving parents the rights that they already had. That's what's right. so ridiculous. It's like yeah. having Constitution Day and making it mandatory to teach Constitution on Constitution Day. Yes. Now we have a civics. Now we teach civics because the governor said we need it back in the schools. It should have never been taken out of the yeah, schools. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? Every time you look, they're taking something away. I do want to say to both of you, the reading scores in Florida are abysmal. Right. 53% of our third graders are reading proficiently. That's not good. It should be over 90%. You have to take into account that you have other languages in the school. So it will never be 100%. But 53, we got a long way to go. And we're worried about things that don't have any business being in the schools. So, but why do you think that is? So, so let's, let's, let's go with this for a minute, right? If parents are now kind of getting their voice, right? What happened that we were not having our voice? So let, I'll say it this way, because I, I don't want to say it's all the school board. Well, the parents dropped the ball too. Let's right. Let's shoot right. straight. Yes. Like let's, let's get parents, on ourselves a little bit. Parents um, relaxed and they, folded their arms and sat back and said, everything is fine. Right. We trusted. And then we found out that we were wrong. Yeah. Cause when you say 53%, that is very extremely alarming, right? It's Not just over 50%. Yeah. It's only half. Right. And that's, that's, it's, it's super alarming. And when you look at, uh, uh, what, how we were even taught, like you couldn't even get out of school with like, uh, we, we knew how to do things. I'm 41. <laughs> Hey, now you'd never know it. 
Amy's what, 38, 37? Yeah, something like that. I would never <laughs> say that. But I'm I saying I think I think what's what's alarming about it is not just the 53%, but it's this uh this idea that the teachers and the unions and all these other things keep pounding their fists saying, we're the ones doing it. We're doing a great job. And then you we, have presidents getting up on oh, our kids are doing it. And we spend all this money too. They run on these right. campaigns. The country has never run better. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so, so go, <laughs> so go with this, right? Because guys, senators, congressmen, uh, 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 presidents, they run on this thing. We need to give more money to schools, but how much has it actually helped? If Florida is at 53%, I heard, a lot of these numbers are even flubbed. Like that's not even an accurate number because they, 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 they don't know the word proficiency and what it means. Cause I was talking to Sam Sorbo yeah. and she does this thing for home educators. Right. And she was talking about those numbers are even flubbed. Well, 25% of third grade overall in Florida, 53% is Martin County. Okay. So oh Martin County, gosh. Martin County is doing a little better. You were talking Martin County. Martin County is at 52, 53%. But overall, in Florida, only 25% of our third graders score a four or a five on the proficiency exam for reading and writing. So the money is not going to the right place. Let's put the money into the core subjects. And if your kids aren't reading and writing proficiently, they're not going to do science or history or mathematics. They're not going to want to learn. They don't know how to read. They're going to get discouraged. That's and that's something that I've been telling my son is like once you learn to read, you can learn the everything. The sky else. is it, the limit. It all opens up to you, but you have to be you have to do well at reading in order to be able to unlock learning, right? Maybe that's why I never went anywhere in my life. Well, you we know, we can still teach you to read, Massey. There's I, still time. I don't necessarily believe that a child that cannot read cannot do anything else, but they aren't going to do well in the They're, core subjects. Right. They may be able to fix things because it's hands-on and it's visual, but if they have to look at a manual, they're not going to be able to. Yeah. You, you, you talk to family members, right? Like my grandpa could read, right? But some of my family members, their grandparents, you know, like second cousins and whatnot, they couldn't. And so they, they busted their butts. They worked hard but they couldn't grab that brass ring because they didn't know how to, they didn't right. know they could go beyond that. Right. And that's, what's scary. I think is, is that if, so to me, if you can, one of the biggest problems during, during the, the, the Christian revolution, Martin Luther and all these other things was the Germans were literate. Yeah. And so the Pope and them had the keys. They're the ones that had the Bible. So they are the only ones that interpreted the bishops, all these other things. Right. That's what enslaved them was that they couldn't read. Can't you, I, I hope you're hearing this. When you see that kids can't read, they're enslaved. What are they going to believe? What they see, not what they can read and what they can grasp. And 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 two, I think more more and more, it's our founders that actually said, "Knowledge will forever govern ignorance." Madison said that. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. You want to know why kids are ignorant and why a lot of parents or people watching this, these stupid kids. Well, who taught those stupid kids? And exactly. who who allowed them to grow yeah. up stupid? Us, you know. And and to go back to your your uh, analogy of of what happened through the Catholic church, right? They purposefully kept it in Latin because all of a sudden now you have to have the priest who tells Interpret. the people and interprets it for them and, and instructs them and guides them. And was it Wycliffe who translated it, got burned at the stake for yep, it? Absolutely. His so translations. Wycliffe goes out, translates it into English, dies for doing so. 
obviously there's some type of power in the knowledge getting to the normal man, exactly. right? And if we watch what's going on, this this whole reading, I'm not I'm not saying big massive conspiracy agenda, but hey, you can really control somebody who can't find out the information on their own. And so if these kids are growing up not being able to read well, guess what? They lose interest in be, in reading. They don't read books. They don't read news articles, resource, research, uh, research papers. They don't, they don't look deeper. And so then all they take in is what's being given to them. That's and right. all of a sudden what's being given to them is, well, you can be anything you want whenever you want. And don't listen to your parents. Listen to us because we have, we're the experts. It's a great exactly. divide. It's yeah. a so, divisiveness. Yeah. And, and if you, if you can't see that today, like it's, that's all it's ever created is divisiveness, right? Mm -hmm. COVID created divisiveness. Whenever you question anybody at a, at a government level, it was like the, the one side would say, you guys are crazy conspiracy theorists, right? And if you were on this side, you're like, it's because you're stupid. You don't want to look into it. Okay, that's all division, right? It didn't create, it didn't heal. Nothing healed that, right? When you're talking about running for school board, what is it that you want to see changed? Because like, I think people can see schools are messed up. A lot of homeschoolers are saying schools are messed up. That's why I pulled my kids out which is smart. We, we encourage that. Right. But there are kids who can't do that and their parents and situations, single parents, whatever, whatever it is. I'm not saying it's just single parents or whatever. What do you want to see changed so that we can improve these schools, especially at the local level? Wouldn't it be nice if we could say, you know, the public schools are so good. There is no other choice. Huh? Right that's a that's a mindset change and that's something that i've been on a lot and i want you to talk more about that of like that mindset change because everybody says oh the public schools they suck and i just i have to be there you know like i'm a product change of change the mindset so so schools operate like a business it's not a job interview it's a heart interview mm -hmm. you need people with heart mm -hmm. you need people who aren't just doing it to gain instant recognition. That's awesome. I'm doing it because I can't sit back and watch anymore. I can't watch the divisiveness. I can't watch the sorrow. I can't watch parents saying, what are they gonna do to us next? They did this to us. Yep. They took away our authority. They took away our rights. Now they can do it again. I don't want that to happen. So my goal is to make sure that even though we have rules in place that aren't really necessary because there are God-given rights, but that we are never, ever stripped of those rights awesome. again. And I don't know that people look at it that way. I know I am a different kind of person, but it's the heart. Truth. It is the heart. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a dad. I'm a pastor, preacher, whatever, right? I, I believe in liberty. And this is going to sound controversial to some. This is why I go out and preach the gospel so much is because, look, people are going to be gay. They're going to be right. queer. They're going to be transgender. They're going to be all these things. Right. They're going to do it. Sin exists in the land. Right. That's separate from liberty. Liberty is what they choose in that. My liberty is I want to go preach to them, go show them the love of Jesus, go show them Christ wants to set them free from bondage. Right. So that's my premise. This is separate. What do you feel? How far should schools go in teaching our kids this kind of stuff? Now, it doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to make this about LGBTQ or, or sex or anything because like it's so often is it's yeah. so often is and it's a polarizing thing. Look again, liberty's liberty. Okay, they're gonna choose it. I'm not they're gonna choose that lifestyle. That's not the issue. 
The issue is how far should schools go in teaching the kids this kind of stuff, whether it's race stuff, whether it's uh, you know whatever it is, you know the new thing, CRT, whatever. How far should schools actually go in teaching kids this kind of stuff? Schools need to teach the core subjects. Everything else is familial. Your family, that's where that can be taught. There's no reason for a teacher, a staff member, a school board member to introduce anything other than the core subjects. Right, right, right. Why do you think it's so heavily being pushed to schools? Again, this is because not- Because it's a way to divide the children from their parents. Okay. Explain that the best way you can. Again, okay. this isn't about, I, I'm trying to say this, and I'm not chucking away from it. Y'all know where we stand. If you can get to but the children, you can change how society operates. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So with if you. you can instill alternate views, you will in fact change the complexion of our country. Sure. You will no longer have Christian people. Yep. You will have an, you'll have an alternate society. I don't know how else to say it. I like and it. if the child can be swayed, manipulated, indoctrinated, it's perfect because then you can mold them however you want. So, so, cause this is what I think parents struggle with, right? It's like, uh, you know, they've become breeding grounds for what they want to teach us, right. you know, what schools are teaching or all school districts are, I'm not saying they all teach CRT. They're not all teaching the, the LGBT stuff or whatever. They're not all teaching that America's terrible and the history is all skewed, but most do as far as history goes. What about American history? So, you know, us, we're very big on American history and uh, trying to teach it as balanced as we can. We know they had tons of flaws. There was things they allowed that were ungodly, right? Slavery, all this other stuff. But yet we allow this kind of, per, you know, stuff to happen in our schools and what are our kids going to say about us? So like even that stuff, how far can history go? Uh, and who's even checking that? Like who's who's determining this stuff, like the, the stuff being taught in schools? Well, the Florida Department of Education has curriculum and and that has to be approved by them. And then it rolls down to the to the state and the well, it's at the state level, Florida Department of Education, and it rolls down to the schools, the counties. Um, many things have been extracted from the curriculum because of what you're talking about, because it wasn't proper. It wasn't what should be in the school. I want to say this very clearly. All students, no matter what they believe, deserve an education. That's what I'm saying. And whatever they are and whoever they identify as and whatever they believe, they have the liberty and the freedom to do that. But the school is not the place to set that in motion. So this is what I'm saying is, is that's that's the premise I was trying to develop. Liberty's liberty. They're going to choose it. Right. My liberty is I need to as a Christian, I preach the gospel. That's what I do is to go set them free, to go show them a better way. Right. And many well, they're talking about you. No, we're not. We're not saying that somehow uh, uh, they shouldn't have an education or whatever. No, they need obviously like. If they're that person, if that's what they had, okay. But then that's my job as a pastor. It's my job as a teacher and a preacher and as a parent to make sure my kids are being taught this. My question solely was, what should they be taught in schools? The core right? subject. That's it. You know? And let me also say, it should be equal treatment for all, special treatment for none. Yeah. 
everyone gets the same curriculum, everyone. And let me go back. If we're not reading and writing proficiently, the rest of it doesn't matter. So let's concentrate on reading and writing and not all these other extraneous things that have nothing to do with teaching our children. Truth. I agree. Now, what's what's trippy about schools, though, the founding of America, right? We printed Bibles for public schools. It was 1782 or 1789, one of the two yeah. years. So the, 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 the lifestyle that they were trying to portray and teach was Christian principles. We, we removed that when 62 hit, you know, we can't have prayer and Bible in schools, which was unconstitutional. And I'll tell you why, because for 200 years they did it. Does that have a place in schools? I believe it does. I do. I do. I believe it does because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, our founders are very clear on, on the constitution and things like John Adams, when he said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's only inadequate to the government of any That's the reason that they created schools was to train kids on how to think morally, how to think, even if you weren't going to be religious, you were at least moral, you know what I mean? To have some common morality in our nation, right? That seemed to have left a while ago. How do you reconcile? Like for me, this is where yeah, I, it's hard to it's, reconcile it's, telling you, well, we won't teach this, but we'll teach this. A it lot has of to be legislated. That's it, where we are right now. If we want faith in God back in the schools, it has to be legislated because right now it's been taken out. And if you don't have faith in God, I don't know how you can go through this world. I True. don't know how you can. People do it. They say they are agnostic or atheist or deistic, yeah. whatever you are. But believing in God is at the core of everything because God created all this. Right. God created school and curriculum and teaching. We have some wonderful teachers. We do. We absolutely do. And those teachers should be paid what they are worth. They're wonderful. But if you want to do what isn't in the curriculum, maybe school teaching isn't where you should be. That's right. Maybe you should start your own private school and teach whatever you like. Yeah. But you can't stray away from the core and the reason why our kids are going to school. Sure, sure. I, I, I think with, with the Lord, the only thing that scares me about legislation is its force. So that, 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 that's again, Liberty side, right? It was just taught. That's just what it was again, because CRT and all these other things that are taught nationally. But legislation took it out. Well, it's kind of like an executive order. Yeah. Yeah. The courts did the courts did again, which is illegal. Like they didn't even have the right to do that because you cannot force parents or force schools to say they're not doing that anymore because it's against whatever their ruling was. Right. The ruling was unconstitutional anyway. Right. And we realize that the courts now are looking at all these court cases now doing this. The only thing, again, the only thing that scares me about legislation is 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 the the, the use of force, because I think what happens is, and I'm getting off in the weeds, but I'll bring it back here in a minute. Right. What's 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 tough about the school system is even with legislation, it just seems like they teach what they want. You know what I mean? Like who who legislated that we should teach these kinds of courses like sex ed and uh, CRT? You know, but they start doing it. Like, they just what? do, and that's the that's the issue. The majority of teachers don't do that but the ones that do are gaining momentum isn't that crazy especially because of the and i know this is a a boogaboo for the right but the teachers unions you know <laughs> teachers unions have a lot of influence and and push and pull 
about what's going on. I think this whole conversation, though, one of the big things that that I think completes the circle or, or solves the problem is at the community level. So right now we're so federal Department of Education. I think the three of us can agree. Get rid of the federal Department of Education. Amen. Be done with it, right? Even at the state level. I, I would argue for something that provides guidelines and recommendations, but not force of what each community is required sure. to produce. So, so where does that level begin? Right. And I think that level begins at the school district. It's at the local level. Right, the local level. Because that way, if your community is 98% Christian, and look, we just, we really feel that it's okay for us to have prayer in our school. And, and, you know, we've got teachers who all of them go to church with the kids and all that, blah, blah, blah. That should be up to that community. And I've had, you know, you have people who are like, oh, but what you want Muslim prayer in schools? Look, I don't really care what Dearborn does. Dearborn's massively majority Muslim. Guaranteed there's Muslim prayer oh, going yeah. on in those schools. That's not my community. Right. And I think it's it's actually upholding the American experiment to say, Dearborn, you do what you do. Right. That's legal. I'll that's do liberty. what I do. Yeah. Right? That's right. You know, and I, I think that helps solve that problem of, well, you know, what do you do in the schools? We got to you can never keep it secular. And that's that's really where my point is. No matter that's good. what, that's good. no matter what, somebody will be trying to persuade the kids with their worldview right now. I sit at this table and I say, look, I know the truth, right? I know the worldview. I want kids to be able to have access to that. And I'm so tired of people telling those kids, you can't have access to that. But we'll give you access to all the right, stuff right, that right. was contrary to it. you know. So outside of CRT and all this other stuff that we were just talking about. Because again, all that, all that question was directed to do was how far should schools go? Right. Wasn't it for forward or against it? It's how far do schools go? Because in her position that she's running for, she has to determine that. How far can schools go with this? How far should they go, right? But the next question I think I have, and I, and I hope that you would understand what I'm asking, is at what level does the school board have authority over the DOE, even the Florida DOE? Because you guys have to approve what the DOE is doing, right? Actually, it's the other way around. Okay. The, the Department of Education... Uh, makes the curriculum laws, if you will, and the schools have to follow them. What has to happen is that we need to legislate, go to our legislators, talk to them. This isn't working. So what's the point of the board if you're kind of, it sounds terrible to say it. Well, like the, board, the board does many things. They, they um, affect policy. They oversee the budget. They make sure that the hiring and firings are done properly and within the guidelines. But how did HB 1557 come about? It came about because communities spoke to their school boards and school boards went to their state legislators and said, we need help here. Right. The point of that question, I know what school boards do, but a lot of people that watch this don't know because some of them are homeschooled, whatever. We're, we're just getting involved. The school board does many things, but when we're electing these positions, most people are going to say, what does that do? What, 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 what is that going to affect any change? You just said it. HB 115 or 1557 was affected by school boards all over. Now, what about school boards and parents and community? Of course, of course, right. of course. But what's cool is the title actually gives you some kind of cred. 
you know, some kind of street cred. It's like, we're going up to, as a board, we're going up to the, you know what I mean? We're going to go appeal or whatever. So the, the department of education, uh, at the state level, does it always have to abide by the federal level? No. Okay. So it's a separate. And, and, and DeSantis is a perfect example of that. Uh, one of the last things that came out of the federal was that we won't give you funding if you don't um, let LGBTQ have their own bathrooms. And DeSantis said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Right. And that gets into the 10th Amendment and nullification, the state's authority. That's right. Over the government. See, now there's a doctrine rarely talked about nullification. This, this is what I'm getting to. How far do local communities go? Because they this, have the power to override the federal government. That's the point I was getting to, right? So shouldn't the school board have an authority at a local level over even what the state does? Right. Because we're locally doing, right? I'm not putting my trust in what those big guys do up in, in, in Tallahassee. I'm thinking about my city. I'm thinking about my county. But well, many of the things that we're talking about were nullified by Governor DeSantis right, because right, right. he said, no, we are not going to do that. If you want to take our money away, go, go for it. If you want to tell parents that they don't have rights, you can do it, but we're not going to do it. So the nullification is actually happening, is happening. in a, in a kind of like covered way, because as you said, not a lot of people know about the 10th amendment. They don't, they don't know about the 10th amendment, but you know what I love about this? That i candidate for school board actually knows what nullification right? is in states rights. No, this is important. Surprise. No, but this is important, right? Because how, like when, when I was seeing, I, I went on Martin County, they just had this debate. There was three Correct. Uh, that, that were invited to this thing. Uh, we were all invited, but we had other things to do that night. I had, I had another candidates thing that I was doing and, and my understanding is so did Jennifer. I don't want to speak for her, but that is that is what happened. So we weren't given an alternative date. We weren't given, hey, are you available these times? We were just sent, and I sent back very quickly. I'm doing something that night. I have another, and it wasn't something I could cancel. So right, right. But so I was watching this. The, the point of what I was saying was, when they're talking about this is what I want to do for you. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to see it. This is how I want to. And of course, budgets were talked about, which was important that, you know, the budgets and, and how do we handle and, and accounting and accountability and all those other things. But what was never talked about was how we're going to protect our kids. It's it's really very startling to me. It really is, because this isn't even about kids. This is about position. Why do we have schools for the kids? Teachers get jobs in schools because they want to teach children. It's, it's for the children end of story they're so far away from the kids that it frightens me right 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 i'm about the kids i'm about the grandkids i'm about the community i'm really not about worried about other things because the kids come first that's awesome so like uh, you can ask questions no no no, no. you're good we, we probably five <laughs> minutes <in. laughs> i'm like doing all the talking here i was like yeah no, i'll go I, in there i'm sorry I'm no, 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 no 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 this no. is good this is good <laughs> what's funny is i was like yeah because i was supposed to go to the office and you know you're had to send out to texas today by the way him and elijah easy e. easy ease heading out to uh to tejas they're gonna they're, they're gonna drive out there we got like a week a week and a half of events 
And so I was like, you know, I'll come in there, I'll save them, and I'm doing all the talking naturally, right? That's what happens. I, well, it's, it's the shirt. It is the shirt. It's the shirt. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's it's good because I I think you're you're growing in interviewing skills, and I've noticed that shift. I don't yes, know. You are. No, you're no, no, getting better. Yes. Come on now. Come yes. on now. But uh, Mike, I I want you to because we've been talking a lot about this this position, the school yeah. board. We got you know what I mean. I we, we were getting threatened. Uh, on Facebook about people wanted to report us to the IRS because we were oh, yes. forcing candidates. Yes. Whatever. Uh, and it's like, you know, dude. Just if- watch Pastor Todd's sermon, <laughs> 12 minutes of unbelievable glory about 501c3s right. and what they can Look, and can't do. What's funny was him and I talked yesterday about, you know, he goes, man, I've learned so much from you. And like, we even know this whole 501, what President Trump rescinded, which was all true, right? right. And it, they called me a church. They called what we do a church when yeah. it's not. We're no. not. But I don't care. I don't care. Well, like that's gonna hurt me. Let him take it away. Do you know I can still preach and be a ministry without a five hundred one? I don't care. Right. Like it's fine. Self evident will still continue to do what it does. Right. It's not that. I think you and I were talking about how her position, uh, what she's running for, and what Jennifer and 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 Liz and all these other people are running for, what it does to affect the kids, right, and parents. And I think we were talking about alternatives. I mean, you were talking about charter schools and and you had some questions about that. Yeah. Uh, And that's, I think, so when a person gets on the school board, the, the thought tends to be, so we will establish the public school. We'll make it as great as possible. And I, I want to lob this at you of your thoughts on such things as charter schools and homeschooling and co-ops and all of that, because I think it's important for people as a group to understand where's your position, even though you're running for school board for public office or public school. It's a great question. So I'm running because I want, as I said earlier in the show, wouldn't it be great if parents said there was no other choice, if public schools were so great, but parental choice trumps everything. If the parents don't have comfort in sending their children to public school why should they right and i i think to support that point to support that point even if a parent doesn't have kids in the public school they can still vote right they're community members they're they're paying taxes i'll tell you two things it doesn't matter where you were before if you didn't live here all your life school is school right your view of how school should run doesn't change from country to country to state to state to county to county if you have a vision that vision is everywhere it's not just in the state you're living in so it does not matter where you came from your vision remains number two if a parent does not want to send their child to public school they have every right to choose something better. So we're going to play a quick commercial for the Constitution course, and we'll be right back. You ended up. Silence in the face of evil is in itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. That's actually a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who stood against the German government during the time when there was persecution, not only against the Jews, but against Christians and pastors. We all can see the effect of what happens when there's a lack of knowledge. But in America, we don't necessarily have an information problem. We have an application problem. 
Well, this is why these courses were specifically designed not only to help you understand what the role of government is, why God's role of government is important, and why the Constitution was written, it will take you then to show you how you can apply these principles. Government versus God is a four-week intensive course on is government over God or is God over government? You ever heard the argument that abortion is legal? There is no law in the books written by Congress that abortion is legal. We need to be involved more in politics, but if you don't know any of those areas, you can't get involved. And our brand new Live Liberated Constitution course is a 14-week study on not only the documents of our founding of America, but also how you can apply those principles now to stand against tyrannical government. It actually says that we're created equal. Created by who? Someone greater than us. And that that creator endows us with rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not only are we endowed with them, they're unalienable, which means they're non-transferable. So we just had a perfect glance from 1606 to 1787. Every single document shaped either their colony or their state or their region to say, look, God is of the utmost importance. God is the lawgiver. God is the creator. He's the one who gives me rights. Governments always exist, not only to ensure rights, but to make sure that you're free. But when governments go outside of those bounds, it's up to us, we the people, to stand against them. Order your copies today. All right, we're back. So uh, just a couple more questions. And sure. then um, one of the things that I'm sure is going to get kind of slung at you is what what about those LGBT students, right? You, you're conservative. You don't want, you know, them to be affirmed, you know? And, and so I just want you to kind of expand your thoughts on on that whole sector, that whole section of, of issue that's so, it's so in the lens today, the public lens. So. Sure. All children deserve to get a quality education. Their, their brains aren't any different than a, a child who isn't LGBTQ. An LGBTQ child can thrive, can learn, can be a good member of society. That is not the school's decision to incorporate that into the school curriculum. Right. It's up to the families to do that. The families should choose what's best for their children. If, if the public school setting is not what a parent wants for any child, whatever that child may be, male, female, however you want to call it, that child is still a child of God and that child deserves to get a good education within the parameters of what is the responsibility of the schools to teach the children right and that's i i think a lot of people don't recognize that they they we we get it in our mind that the school has to be the all-encompassing um uh how do i even say a, a parent really is is where that mindset is is the school has to be the parent of the child and raise them in every area you know, and, and what I appreciate is what you're saying is, no, 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 it's the parent's job to parent the child. It's the school's job to educate the child, you know, and I also appreciate the fact that what you're talking about is giving choice back to the parents. And I think this is a point that needs to be driven home. The, I was I was kind of driving it home before the commercial. Even if you even if you don't have kids in the public school system, 
let's say you're a homeschooler, all the more you should be voting for school board because as school boards grow and and want control over the public school system, they can start putting pressure on the homeschools and the charters and all of that, you know, and and influence political influence and campaigning happens, right? But I think it's so important to have a school board that says, I want public schools to put other schools out of business, but by competition. By competition and excellence. Right. Why why is the parent homeschooling? Because they did not like what was in the public school. And that is their choice. It's like going to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I don't want hamburgers. I want filet. <laughs> right. And, and we should be able to have filet, especially with how much money we pour into our, each kid. We, America spends some of the, the highest dollars in the developed world on each student. What do we have to show for it? 52% efficiency in Martin County. In third grade. That's insane. That's insane. It's unacceptable. It is unacceptable when the reason you're sending your children to school is to be proficient. And when they're not, there's a problem. So I think a parent would ask, okay, why? What, what happened to ruin that proficiency rate? What happened to where our kids are now one out of two is reading at a third grade level? Well, it's a multi-pronged thing. Number one, people are coming from all over different countries and they are moving into all of these states. Florida is, is a state that people are fleeing to mm -hmm. because we have a governor that believes our individual freedoms are important. So you have multilingual students and those students are not being taught reading in the same way that a child who understands English is. We need more bilingual teachers in all subjects. Yeah. And if the child is not proficient after third grade is over, don't send them to fourth grade. Please help them. And maybe it means parents are in on the process as well. So Maybe it's classes during the week where the parents are speaking to their children in English, because when those kids come home at the end of the day, a lot of them are being spoken to in their, in their native language, right. which basically cancels out everything they learned in school that day. So it's education to the parents too. Hey, if you want your child to be proficient in English, you need to start speaking it too. And that's not to force them. That's not to say you must. It's to say, if you place the importance there, that's what you need to do. And I think if people could automate, oh, so you're trying to wipe out their- Absolutely no, no. not. And but why are you, why would you move into a state where English is the predominant language and say, it doesn't matter to me if my child speaks English or not? Well, it does if you want them to go through K through 12. Yeah. And I think that's a, a uh, information campaign that can happen of your child isn't one step behind because they're only speaking or your child isn't one step behind because they're bilingual. They're actually a step ahead. Exactly. So we should encourage bilingual children. You know, every other country understands that English is a very important language to learn. So every so many countries in the world 
English is a massive part of their education growing up. So that way, they, because English is the language of business, it's the language of economy and commerce, right? And so now we get kids who their families come to Florida, they speak a native language, and they don't speak English, they build up communities where they don't really need English and interaction. Understandable, I get it. But at the same time, there's got to be a way that we can start encouraging these communities of, hey, we love that you have your 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 community. We love that you have your your language, your customs, all of that. But let's emphasize the importance of speaking English here, so that your kids can can communicate well. They can they can succeed. They can pursue what they need to pursue in this land, and they're not held held back. Just like reading, Re yeah, you can get by without reading. And you can make a life without reading, but man, it unlocks so many more doors. Well, think of things like speeding signs and, and road signs. Mm -hmm. You can't just pretend they aren't there. Right. You don't just ignore them. And if you can't read them or understand them, what, what is going to happen? You're going to have more accidents. You're going to have more problems on the road. And it's a menu in a restaurant. It's a pamphlet when you go to the auto body shop and they tell you what services they provide and this is how much you have to pay. If you can't read that, you're in trouble. And if you talk to anybody who, who can't read, there is a, a deep down like frustration, frustration, like they've learned to cope, but there's no way the person, when they hold the food menu, a burger right. because I know I like burgers. You right. Know? And it's, that's frustrating that people have to go through that. You know, and I, I think about like the Baltimore school system where classes had 0% proficiency yet they were graduating these kids. And I think it's, it's very important for the school board to be in a position to put a stop to that, you know, and, and if you cannot credit, pass you know? the subjects at the grade level you're at, you have no business going to the next right. level. It's just, it's unfair to everyone, the teachers, the staff, because let's face it, at the end of the year, when they're putting their numbers together and those numbers are, get lower and lower, that doesn't say much for what went on that year. But if there's excellence and those, and those scores are good, and let me explain, reading and writing to me beats everything. So beyond reading and writing right now, I don't know that we need to be concentrating on some of these other things. We need to be concentrating on over 90% proficiency. So that's a 40% increase. Not many companies do that. Okay. School. Yeah. It's a business, but it's also about the kids right. and the kids are not business. The kids are little tiny human beings that grow up to be wonderful, strong adults. And I think that any teachers or, or any people who are in the school systems already should hear this as an encouragement that you're not against them. Nope. You, you want them to succeed. Absolutely. You want them to be able to hold a high standard. Look, I've, I've taught before. And unfortunately, I've run up against an administration that uh, at certain points was not willing to hold the standard. And I was one of the few that that really put kind of my neck on the line for the whole situation. Because like, if we're not going to hold these standards, why are we bothering? We're, we're just pushing kids through, right? And I think most teachers 
they don't want kids passing without the standards being met. Exactly. And they want to know that they're that they're doing everything they can for the right. kids. They, and they're they're doing and it's well. Their, it's, <laughs> it's theirs to succeed, too. Yeah. And so I think that's important, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but it, I would describe you as somebody who actually is backing and supporting the teachers. It's like, I want you to succeed. Absolutely. I don't want you to be mired in this whole mess of 52% proficiency at third grade. I want you to be able to stand proud that you guys are, are bringing kids through with 95% proficiency, 98% proficiency, right? Why not? We exactly. can do that. Why not? So I, uh, we always give last word to, to the people we interview. So I want you, what would your last words be for, for the, the people watching people who might be voting, you know, for the school board election? Uh, and what's the date of the election? The date of the election is August 23rd, 2022 and it is our election there's nothing after that it's the 23rd that will determine the next year's school board cool. and what i would like to say is that i'm in this with my heart full on heart the business of the school it's important but if we don't have a heart for our children and we don't have a heart for our community we won't succeed and i want us to succeed Amen. Um, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook at Amy Pritchett for School Board Martin County. You can go to my website, abpritchett.com. That's A-B-P-R-I-T-C-H-E-T-T.com. Or you can call me 772-266-0901. Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being thank on Thank you today. for having me. No, I love it. So, guys, go out, check Amy Pritchett. Be sure to go and vote in these elections. It is time to step up for your community. It's time to be able to recognize that you have influence over your community and you can determine the pathway of your community. But you need people with the heart and the direction and the courage to stand up and do what needs to be done. So... Massey and I, along with EZE, are headed out to Texas. So be sure to, if you are in the Texas area, that's right, the Texas area, all massive country size state. If you're in Texas, we may be coming to your area. Check out our website, check out our events. Uh, we cannot wait to be at the homeschool convention. So if you're gonna be there, come up, say hi, get an autograph. It might be worth something someday from EZE. He's gonna be famous. So. Until next time, guys, we love you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. No oh, problem. my God. I felt really good. good.